June 26, 2021. It's the Watford Pedro Show.
Off for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Uh, started to show off with Off Minor, take five. This is John Coltrane with Thelonious Monk. And then we had the Molecules with Fruitvale, which is, I think, a town up NorCal. And uh, Brother Matt's still at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point, although we're emerging, and soon I'll be with him. But I am not totally man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Brother Ron Anderson all the way from Brooklyn. Welcome aboard, Ron. How you doing? Very, very honored. We got to thank right away Brother Al Margolis for making the connect. Truly grateful. They're in. Ch I think he's in up, uh, Chester. Yeah, he's upstate now, and he used to live uh, not far from where I am now. I mean, you know, I met him way back in the day uh, uh, in the mid-'80s. Well, we're going to get to that, but I want to go even yeah. further back, Ron. Right I on. want you to bring your fucking earliest musical memory, please. Uh, okay. Um, I, I put a little thought into this before, but I can I'll, – I'll, I'll sort of – well, my earliest memories um, – we had, um, my brother's 11 years older than me, so we had a piano in our house, like a, you know, spin it, little upright, and I remember banging away on that thing, it's like, uh, probably my first music memory is that. Um, the second, That's a good one, that's a good one. It's a good one, right? Yeah. The second one is my brother, because he's 11 years older, so let's say when I'm four, right, he's yeah. 15. So it's uh, probably four, around 1964, 65. Pre -be I remember music pre-Beatles. He could have fathered and, you. He could have fathered and, you. And what he, what he was into, what I remember listening to him, maybe my first records that I remember him playing was either, either, it's one of two. It was either Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Oh, yeah. Uno, dos, right? tres, cuatro. Yep. Or don't be or, L seven. Yeah. Or it was. Um, oh, gee. Now I'm forgetting the other one. Um, oh, Chubby Checker, do the twist. Oh yeah, great tune. You know, Sam yeah. Sam uh, used to tour in a, a hearse. It's in Tab Falco's book on Memphis. But he gets into Louisiana and Sam the Sham and and yeah, torn in a hearse is quite an oh, idea. Oh man. Yeah, you Those know guys, you know about their outfits too and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I used to think, well, I guess when I was a kid, I saw the album cover. I thought they were really like, you know, from foreigners from the Middle East or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was a little kid. Yeah, I know. I, Believe me, I got fooled by all kinds of shit. Let yeah. me ask you, where was this pad? Uh, well, this was in uh, West New York, New Jersey. Okay. Which is right across the river from um, Manhattan on the Jersey side. Sure, sure. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was born in Jersey City. I, I, I think it's Highway Number 9. I've driven up the west side yeah. of the uh, Hudson, and I think I've passed through there. Uh, yeah, it, it's not far from um, where Alexand uh, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr had their famous duel. That was in Weehawken. That's one town that's over right, there. That's right. And there's something yeah. called the Palisades. And... The Palisades, yeah. Right, right. right on well, let me ask you. Yeah. The first record you bought with your own money. Well, that's another good question. Um, well, my the first records I bought with my own money were actually eight tracks. Are we going to well, count those? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Okay. Uh, it's just music right. that's on a medium, okay? Okay. The first records I bought with my own money was probably either either the um, 
Grand Funk Railroad, that coin album. You oh, know, the yeah, one e had, Pluribus Funk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Or um, Chicago at Carnegie Hall. Oh, yeah. see, they, they, a, they, they were, yeah, they weren't CTA anymore, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And and I was a big, um, oh, gee, gee, what's the name of the, uh, the guitar player now? Terry oh. Taft. Yeah, oh, very, man. very sad was, about him. Very sad. It is sad, and he was he was a monster. Great, I mean, really outside too, right? He would get right. loose. And good singer, I, good pipes. You know, that was very yeah, sad. I think it was an accident, right? That's yeah, it was an accident. He didn't. He was uh, fooling around and maybe partying, and he didn't know the gun. He thought the gun was empty. Yeah. Classic mistake. Right, right. So, what about the first gig you saw, Ron? Oh, yeah. Well, that's another one I'm, I'm slightly foggy on. It's between one or two. It was either, and both of them are at the same place. They were both at Bergen Community, no, uh, a community college in uh, Rockland Community College. It was either, uh, well, the first two is one, I don't know which one was first. One was Hot Tuna. Yorma. So this is 19, yeah, 1973. And Jack Cassidy, monster bass, man. Uh, oh yeah bless his pointy little head oh man and uh yeah then at baxter's okay. i mean there's some fucking bass going and also on uh, jimmy record he, he does yeah that's right yeah. that's right yeah. um and then the other the or it was check this out jeff beck with jan hammer i saw jan hammer with my vishnu orchestra Oh, well, monstrous band! I never saw <laughs> Billy Cobham and Rick Laird on yeah. the bass and uh, Jerry Goodman on the violin, and he was yeah. sitting on an anvil case. It was a curtained-off part of the Long Beach Arena, and it's probably the only fuge I liked. Uh, yep. Can I can you know, I ask you this about you know grade yeah. school and sure. were you in the the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, no, you know I wasn't in I wasn't in any of those. Well, I just asked because some schools no, no, no. get rid of. I the wasn't program. in any of these music programs until um, I wasn't in any of those. I was always pretty much well. I had music lessons on piano. Ah, uh, how was like, that experience? Yeah, but. Here's the interesting thing about this. I had twice I had like bad teachers. Yeah, so it was terrible experience, right? I studied for about a year and my my method well the first time, the first time it was actually in like something like in a shopping mall like in Bamberger's on Route 17. They had organs and they would they teach you to play on these like Fender Rhodes or something I remember. And then I was good because I could Basically, I could just memorize stuff right away, okay? So I wouldn't read anything. i just memorize it. And uh, they would put me out with this teacher and to impress people to buy organs, and they'd have me, uh, like, count <laughs> the melody of, like... Yeah, Dog and Pony Show. Yeah, you, you know who was good at that? You know who was good at that memory shit was Glenn Campbell. He couldn't read, and he was an incredible session man. Oh my God! I saw there's a video of Glenn Campbell playing really outside stuff, right? Because he's showing he's talking about what someone else is doing, and he's just playing. I mean, out like free, like these weird diminished scales and just like this atone. I couldn't believe it. Glenn Campbell was an awesome guitar player. Yeah, yeah, he really was. But it just shows to go. You don't have to go the formal, you know, the same old route. Everybody's got a different path in music to get to here. Yeah, I'm. I'm really, um, 
I'm really, um, I like to work with bands, probably like how you like to work with bands. I like everyone in the room. I show them the parts. Here's part A, part B, part C, play it. And we, we work it out live in the room. And that's, that's my favorite thing to do. I, I love to, I just love, I love the, the vibe of the working with other musicians. Yeah. Well, that's very generous. I'm, in, I'm into that too. Well, you know, being a bass man, we look good making you guys look good. So, uh, I'm always thinking about being a launch pad, being a springboard, being a, well, the, the grout between the tile or something, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to aid in a bet. Let me get back to your formative stage though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not not after school I graduate, but in the afternoon. Did you do the basement band, the garage band, bedroom yeah, band? Yeah, heavy. That was that's the, my life changing experiment experience. It's, well, what happened was after this piano thing, um, I, I probably didn't do anything. But I started, I you know, around um, seventh grade or so. When I'm about eleven, twelve years old. I start really getting into into listening to music, you know. And uh, my own, and I'm getting into these guitar players and whatnot. And in high school, I had a friend who played guitar and he was playing in bands. And I found out that his bass player had quit his band, right? I mean, this is his kids jamming in, in a basement, you know? Sure. But his, ba his bass player had quit. We're kids. We're little, like, we're like 13. And I found out that um, his bass player had quit. And I guess I bugged my my old man to, you know, drag me down to this music shop and get me an, an, a, a cheesy little amp and a bass, right? Bass. Whoa. And okay. Yeah, I, I started on bass. So okay, I, I, what what you got? Tell me, and, what and was the, this bass? No, what kind of bass? Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. It was a Japanese bass called a Leonardo, and it was modeled after a Fender jazz bass you know what i played one from the 70s not called That's leonardo fun. but the same kind of idea and it the yeah. guy in the go team had it jamie and it was great some of those yeah. knockoffs weren't that bad yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad i was really shocked the first time i actually played a real fender bass i was like whoa but it was cool you know to to I recorded the whole Cuz album with one. You know, a lot of it depends on how they're set up, too. You know, even sure. a great bass, if it ain't set up right, it's going to oh, be absolutely. lame. Yeah. So tell me, so you joined this. Well, now, did these guys have a name? Not I'm not yet, but we soon came up with it. Well, what I did, so I practiced for a week. And <laughs> one week. <laughs> one week. And I went up to him and said, hey, man, I can play bass. The <laughs> next thing I know, I'm jamming with my friend Ken. And the drummer at that time was Tony. And we're like, we're down in his mom's basement and, you know, we're playing like, here I have a song, which is basically three notes played over and over to ad nausea. <laughs> yeah. Then later we, we started playing things like Black Sabbath, Mountain, uh, Deep Purple. Felix Papillardi. Felix Papillardi. Mountain was, Leslie West just died. Uh, yeah, I know. I got to see him a couple times. I saw West yeah. Bruce and Lang. Oh, said, great. Mr. Papillard, he had been shot by his wife by that time. But I know, another tragic story. But Corky huh? Lang was mountain. And, of yeah. course, Leslie West was an incredible cat. I think he ended up in Germany and stuff. And I saw him and uh, lost a leg in diabetes. But, man, he yeah. could play. And he had his own style. I had a lot of respect for him. So totally, did this totally. band... Did this band ever do a gig, or was it just a practice band? We, we, we did a couple gigs. But what, so what happened with this band was... 
Um, we did some gigs, but like, like just like, like nothing, you know, we basically jammed and then we got a, we, our drummer changed and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very long from, for me going from like trying to learn people's songs and writing our own stuff to just free improvisation Ah. in 1976 and we we i was totally clue at some and then at some point like i was getting hips like people like frank zappa you know you said and, 1976 yeah 76. that's a, that's a year that's a year us Minutemen graduated high school san pedro high oh see you're just a little bit i i graduated 77 so i'm less younger <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want yeah. to play male ego by the molecules.
lot for Pedro Show, that chunk of music. Malego started it off from the Molecules in guitar and piano duo for no one from Al Margolis, our buddy. P. Kane, a Buffalo Cap, but he's in D.C. now, and his solo record is great. I recommend everybody. This is called Techno- Technopoly. Yeah. And then Parallel System, System 2, from the Rambutan Proj, uh, Eric Hardiman. He's uh, well, he's going to be on the show tomorrow, but he put this thing together with all these you know, people trading files and making different uh, combinations that uh, this had Fraser Burnett, A.F. Jones, Michael Kiefer, and of course Eric Hardiman. Then uh, brand new from Helvetia, New Mesh, Bombas Prendon, Space Door Jar, and finally The Molecules with He's a Banker. So this improvisation thing, you said about England, you mean like the uh, AAM or something? Yeah, yeah, AAM and Derek Bailey, and uh, I didn't find out about those cats to you know, maybe five, six later, like when I was in college and just post-college so this um we were just kind of following to me you know i i guess the impro- improv we were copying was people like cream and then people like uh like the psychedelic stuff you heard in in san francisco right right and then, um you know like hendrix hendrix had moments you know oh, yeah. those almond butter jams all that kind of stuff sure 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 and you know then at some point all the floodgates open up because you find someone like Frank Zappa, and then next thing you know, you're listening to Ra- Ragas with Ravi Shankar, you know, and your whole brain, right, explodes. Well, what about John Coltrane? Well, Coltrane, yeah, Coltrane, sure. But I got, I started listening to jazz um, more when I was in college and getting hip on that stuff, like just post-college, you know, because then I met a lot of cats when after, after college, I moved to Philadelphia. Um, and that's kind of where I started, like 1980. That's why I started to be, quote, a professional. So you, didn't, you, you, didn't go to, uh, you didn't go to college for music? Well, no, I went to college. I went to this place. Well, yeah, first of all, let me just I'll, I'll just give you a, a slight background. I went to this very strict um, Catholic school called Don Bosco, which is in North New Jersey. And um, it was like a college preparatory high school, completely academic, right? So all this music thing was a complete rebellion. And, you know, in my family, you know, people are like really into sports and I'm not knocking sports or anything. I'm a Mets fan. But, you know, no one was into art or music or like I was a freak, man. So, you know, it wasn't until I met like minded people, except the guys in my band, until I went to uh, this place, Goddard College. And there I studied, like, um, photography, uh, video documentary. Goddard? Was it named after the Rocket Man? No, no, it's it, it's based... It, no, it's not. It, it's based on... Um, it's not named after him, but it's it's based on... an. It's more like open, free um, education. So there's no grading systems. You basically design your own programs... And I basically did there and played in bands. And I, I went through two years. And at, after my my fourth semester, I just decided um, through other people I was playing music with, you know, I want to play music. I definitely want to. So I just dropped out. I end up in Philadelphia. And um, that's when things I, – I started um, – I met this guy, Victor Pauls and Tet in Philadelphia. And uh, we formed a band called Rad at Rad R. Oh, shit. 
Minutemen played yeah. with Rad- Radar. I think you did because no, I know he did it. Maxwell. Yeah. yeah, but I it was, was kind of like that... Sonic Youth. There was a woman bass player, yeah. and in yeah, fact, Sonic... get this: I was in the thirteenth yeah. Glenn Branca's thirteenth Symphony uh, Hallucination City, and the guy conducting the piece was John Meyer. John Myers, I know John's a good pal. He, I watched him every fucking beat, every bar of that tune. I sat right next to Virgil Moorhead, only one drummer, twenty bass players, sixty-four guitar players at the Disney Music, whatever shit downtown. Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. isn't it a small fucking world? Small world. But here's, here's the thing about here's the thing about Rad at Red R. We we were together a year. It was a it was a different band. The band broke up. Victor and Sonda were a couple. They moved to New York. And I moved to New York about a year later, Lower East Side, 1982. That's when they reformed Rat at Radar with John Myers. And I was not in that version of the band. Okay, okay. That's why I didn't see you then. Yeah, but they're all pals of mine. But here's the funny tie-in, right? So Sonda, Sonda, I remember, the bass player in Rat at Radar comes up to me one day. And she goes, Ron, there's a band. The next time you gotta, you come to New York, you got to see this band. It's the Minute. They're called the Minutemen. And you, <laughs> wanna, you are going to love them. So every time you guys came to New York, for one reason or another, I was out of town or I missed you. Right? I missed you guys like three or four times. And you know the tours in those days. The big gig was New York City. The yeah. tour, the goal of the tour basically was go to New York City, play the big gig, and then turn around. And then right. everything else was a stop in between to do the that big gig. Wow, touring in the states is a grind, man. Yeah, but in, in other ways, it's, it's an education too. Well, yeah, it teaches you. You know, sometimes I have uh, European musicians come over. And I, I've toured with <laughs> a them. Lot boy, 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 did they get they the shock of their lives? They no, the there, there's they one part that's kind of there's one part that's kind of like us. It's England. <laughs> oh yeah, right, well, right, because yeah. you're playing pubs and stuff. So that's kind of like right. the U.S. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I think when I think of Europe, I actually don't think of of England. I think of that separately. <laughs> Uh, well, but, you know, there was, in those days especially, there was a Cold War thing, and so we were given a lot of cultural support. And like, a uh, Europe tour in the early 80s was half of this country called West Germany. And it was these youth yeah. centers you play at 730. Uh, okay, so you quit Rad at Rad R, but... You, well, I, did, I didn't quit. I didn't not, quit no, the, the, band, the, the band falls apart, I'm sorry. The band falls later. apart. Yeah. What did I do next? Okay, so... Um, I moved to New York City. Well, going back to Philadelphia, did you interview a guy named uh, Jack Wright, saxophone player? Of course. He sent me the fucking the free music book I read and fucking uh, really <laughs> embraced. Well, dig, man. This, when I, after, right after the breakup of Rat at Raw, I was still in Philadelphia for a year. So I did like some solo gigs and I met all these free jazz cats. And that's how I really got hit to really what was going on and one of the people who was very influential was, to me was jack wright wow wow you know it's funny you said when i mentioned john coltrane you said jazz by the you know the last part of his life they were there was people like downbeat and shit calling his shit anti-jazz well yeah that's there but that's to me that was the shit i dug yeah me right? too me so, too well i like know, it all to me it's like a whole story but i love it yeah 
Yeah, yeah, all all of it. So yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge like you know in the mid '90s I went through this like Mingus stage. I bought every damn Mingus thing like during the Molecules. I wasn't listening to rock music during the Molecules at all. I was listening to Charles Mingus almost like that was like for a couple of years that was my bag. <laughs> but that's happening. You yeah, know what I mean? it's great. Sure. Because you're building up vocabulary in your fucking brain, so when it's your turn to take the leap. Yeah, it's all connected, man. Yeah, It's absolutely. really, you know, it's amazing, right? Absolute, absolute. Ron, we're at the end of the first hour at June 26, 2021. Just what Peter, so special guest, Ron Anderson. Hold tight for hour two. June 26, 2021. Second hour of the What for Pedro show.
from Pedro. So start off the second hour with the molecules doing mountain trash. Then Ben Salter from Tasmania with damage next door or close by. And Sydney Lucas Abella with scene. And then three paying customers at the Garrick Theater. Ron Anderson. Now they say molecules is your own name. And it sounds like a tour diary entry. Uh, well, you know what the three three paying customers? That's my homage to Frank Zappa. Okay, <laughs> because I'll, I'll fill you in. I mean, the Garrick Theater was a theater here in New York. So when Zappa played here, he moved to New York, I think sixty six, sixty seven, and they had a, a residency. And at first it was packed, but as the weeks went on, less and less people come. Right, and they had one night where they only had three paying customers. And what they did, the band went out, they bought all this takeout food, and the band basically served dinner to these three people in the audience, and that was the show. <laughs> okay. Cool, right? Yeah, back to... <laughs> He's strange. I mean, you know, I, I, most I know about him is reading the Mike Barnes book of Captain Beefheart. So what happens with you? You end up on the West Coast. Yeah, well, let me just... Let me just kind of cap up the 80s. So in the 80s, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the 80s. I finally end up with a – it's such a – all these things, it's, everything's a long story, man, you know. But I end up getting some recording equipment, um, an 8-track eight eight recording tape, a half-inch reel-to-reel. I set up my own little demo studio in Brooklyn, New York. I got a place where I can play 24 hours a day. Right, Mus musicians dream full volume. You're you're, you're talking eight track, half inch, reel to reel. Yeah, was it, yeah, who, yeah. Who made it? Was it Otari? Uh, no, it wasn't the Atari. Because was, that uh, double nickels on the dime was recorded on an Atari eight track. That was no, that Atari is the, the more pro one. Mine was done on a. No, Bob, just saying a coincidence, you know. Yeah, sure. Every you could get great stuff on eight track. That was like. All those Molecule records, all the stuff you've been playing, have were are recorded on that same machine. So, so what do you do? You start fucking going to work on it, right? Yeah, I'm making some money. I'm on on the side. I'm I'm uh, recording rap bands and R and B bands, and then I'm playing my and what. So what happens is I was married at the time. I break up with my wife, and I kind of you know I kind of go crazy for a year, and basically I just decide well. Rather than be depressed, I'm just going to play music like 24-7. Yeah. So I'm having people come over my place. We're jamming. You know who comes over my, my place one, at one time? I Who I, who I met was Tony Mamoni. Ah, oh, uh, big hero. Big you hero. You know Tony? So I met Tony one night. Fuck yeah. We saw and, the and, Modern Dance Tour. It changed the minute, man. Me, D. Boone, and Georgie saw him in West Hollywood at the Whiskey. And I got to record, you know, he's got Studio G now in Brooklyn near you. I know, I know. I've never been there. But Tony came over. We had like a bond. He was breaking up with his wife at the time. So we got, I said, hey, man, come on over and we'll jam. I had a drummer who lived right next door in the other apartment. Like 2 two o'clock in the morning, I knock on his door. Hey, man, come on over and jam. Tony Mamoni is here, man. And we just let it, cut some beers and we just let it rip. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that, stuff, you know? I recorded my third opera with him. I got to use his 66 Fender Jazz bass with EMGs in a badass bridge. Now you're talking. That's, that's <laughs> I just love Tony Mamoni. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's a sweet... He's just, I haven't seen him in many, many years, but he, he, was, he was totally sweet guy. You know who his bass hero is, he told me? 
No. Family Man Barrett. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, so what else can I say? Well, then, and also in the mid-'80s, I got involved in, like, the electronic experimental noise scene here in Brooklyn. And one of the key players of that was Al Margolis. Yes. So it's a big, you know, it's a big history. We had a whole scene going on here. You know, we had a place where, you know, we organized the, mainly Al organized um, a place called, I think it was called Bar Nun. It was in it was in, the, in this strange bar in the neighborhood I'm living now called Lauderbacks. And, um, you know, it all, it all ties in. So well, well not just that, he got the cassette fucking thing going too, right? Where people were uh, I, like a community. Right. So basically, the stuff I gave you to listen to was only from the 90s. But it was I released an album in the in the 80s and I released some uh, some cassette stuff. I was in that whole cassette network, not as heavy as Al was, but I released a thing on his label called Happy New Year in uh, I don't know what year it was, 80, let's say 86, 87. You know, you sent me uh, the stuff called Ron Ruins. And I want to play, yeah, yeah, Marionette D. Stravinsky. I want to play that right now. Do it.
Watt for Pedro Show. Ron Ruins. This is a collab Ron's got with uh, uh, the Ruins man. Uh, uh, help me, Ron, his name. Tatsuo Yoshita. Yeah, incredible drummer man. Oh, my God. And composer and singer. And singer, yeah, of course. And a lot of times he collabs with the sax, right? Uh, Marion- yeah, I, I think sax ruins, yep. Yeah. Marionette D. Stravinsky. Okay. Stravinsky's puppet, people. <laughs> and then we have something brand new from Roscoe Mitchell. Huh? Chicago Art Ensemble. Sandy Ewan, Damon Smith, and Weasel Walter. It's part one of A Railroad Spike Forms the Voice. And then Rick Weaver with his version of Cashmere. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. All you know, very good. Uh, Midi uh, And then and another project of yours. In, in fact, the rest mm. of the music. Is, that you gave me is this pack. Pack uh, is my band. Uh, La Hotel yeah. Plastique. Huh? Welcome to the Wait. Hotel Plastic. Yes. Yeah. Plastic, yeah. What, you know, what, you what's know, pack? Like, what's like, pack, Ron? Well, pack. Pack was the band that I formed um, when I moved back to New York City, uh, post Molecules. And uh, I kind of moved back, you know, because I'm I'm from here. My father was getting old. You know, my, my family's in Jersey, and I end up back in New York. I'm back in Brooklyn. And um, so I formed a band straight away here, called, and I called it Pack, thinking I just like, well, I have a solo, um, my solo album is called Pack Small R Half Inch. And that word Pack, that title comes from a postcard that Alan Bishop sent me of the Sun City Girls. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, of course, Arizona. Trio, power yeah. trio. Yeah, yeah. So we lost they, one of them, right? There are only two guys. No, left. no, no. no. They're, they're, they live in Seattle now. Yeah, but I mean, one of the original guys is gone now, right? Yeah, Charlie. Charlie, the drummer, he, yeah. he died a couple years ago. Yeah. Sad. They were, yeah, they were, he, was a, he was a really great guy. Oh, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, great I did some gigs with them, a lot of gigs with them with the Molecules. So they sent me this postcard. And on this postcard... This weird thing was written, pack and and half and a small little R and half inch. And we are, we also got to tell the listeners because they can't see this, but there's no C people. It's just P A K. P A K, right? So basically, I took that name, thinking no one would ever use this as a band name. <laughs> Which uh, do you know? There, there's a band called and and use it as my band's pack, right? But of course, you know, there's a band now a. Uh, uh, composer musician rap artist called anderson pack oh yeah yeah so it's like i can't win <laughs> no, not really right do i have the, the my band pack sometimes i call it ron anderson's pack yeah yeah well you named one of the, the we're gonna start the third hour out with the tune that you called that in fact we're at the end of the second hour now june 26 2021 edition wapito show special guest ron anderson hold tight for hour three okay June 26, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Pedro Show, we start off the third hour with Ron Anderson's pack, people. Secret Curve, out on Zadik, John Zorn's label. Two Different Ways by Port Sunshine. After that, PBK, only one letter different and only one letter away, people. <laughs> Imminent Lies, Rotten Thoughts. Yeah, there's a method to how I put these tunes in order in the last 20 years, people. Had Boggle, we had him on a few weeks ago. Uh, G-O-O plus X-X-O-O-O. Yeah, these titles. And then finally, Pack with the Tack. Tack. Now, uh, Ron, I want to backtrack because I played so much Molecules, but we kind of jumped ahead. 
to, to pack. So let's give people a little re Reader Digest version of the Molecules, because that was a West Coast band, right? Right. Um, the main, the, the first version was uh, myself, uh, Chris Milner, who wrote half the music and did half the singing. And actually, I like a lot of his songs better than mine. But That's like me with D. Boone and Georgie. It's, nor <laughs> it's normal, man, right? And Tom Scandora was our drummer. And he's still the drummer of Molecules if we ever get together. And then we had a Japanese bass player named Rio. And at one point, he, he was not allowed to return back to the United States. And then we added John Sherba, uh, an amazing guitarist, composer, musician. To, and I asked him to play bass, and he said yes. And that's the present stance of the band if we ever do anything again, which I would like to one day. So you mean, oh, okay, so you left the bass and went to guitar? I eventually I left. Yeah, when in 1980, I ended up I got myself uh, a guitar, Les Paul. Um, actually, something called the Paul. It's more like a cross between. Like, I remember them. Natural Paul. finish. Yep, that's it. And um, I got one of those, and I decided I wanted to play guitar, and I still play bass, and because on Secret Curve, the, I play bass. But so I played both. Um, it's not because, like you gave up bass. You just uh, added no, to your vocabulary. No, you know, I can't play bass. I play bass now like a guitar player plays, plays, plays bass. You dig? You know what I mean? With a pick. And, yeah, but um, so there's some good pick with bass. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah even folk is. stuff. Even uh, Anthony Jackson, yeah. for the love of money. That's done with a pick. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, that's why you're on the yeah. show, so I can enlighten you. to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure, man. No, what, whatever it takes. It's all vocabulary. I saw John Entwistle slap fingers and pick in the same fucking song. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you know what? I'm, I'm not a purist about anything. Anything to get the sound into the speakers. So but that's how I am. That's what I'm. I'm about. Yeah, I, I like. I like sound and music and organizing sound and music and ideas. I, I, I think more of a composer than like being an instrumentalist. Okay. You know, I, my goal was not to be a great guitar player. My goal was to do something that would that I dug that maybe would other people would like and maybe challenge them. Oh, that makes great sense. You know what I mean? Because you're not living up to a fucking cliche. Yeah, I wanted to do my own my own thing, and um, basically, it got me doing a lifetime of part time jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Parallel universe. I want to play Zoku Metsu.
Live from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Brand new prize for Ron Anderson. Zoku Metsu with Undulations. Then Matt Nelson, a Knoxville bass player. Unholy Ghost Mind. And finally, Pack with Reflection Consumer. So enlighten us to your latest prod, Zoku Metsu. Yeah. Um, wow, we, we went through 40 years of my life so fast. <laughs> it's like, I'm like my, head, my head's spinning. But Zoku Metsu is about to, it's actually going to be released um, next Friday, the Friday coming up, which is July 2nd. That's right. Well, you, you hear that horn? I you heard it. It's, it's yeah. righteous ambiance. Okay, cool. So July 2nd on Bandcamp, um, just search Ron Anderson, Zokumetsu. Now, how to come together and, and who's in it? It's a collab, right? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a col- collab with uh, someone who actually lived a, a lifelong Brooklynite, born and raised in the neighborhood I'm in now, um, like the south side of uh, Prospect Park. And he, um, he does electronics, drum machine. You know, he's a, an experimental electronic musician. He, he does a lot of, he organizes a lot of shows. He organized a festival here in Brooklyn called the Experimental His festival. name, his name. Oh, gee, Robert L. Pepper. Yeah, great. So um, we were, we've been working on, we started this just before the pandemic hit, kind of started finishing up during the beginning of the pandemic. And then we started the artwork, the mastering, the editing, and we're going to release this uh, this coming week, and we're we're really excited about it. Actually, we we broke the bank. We put out we it's two hundred vinyl, limited edition, and um, we're really really happy with it. And it's a, like a different it's music that I always do, but it, it's it's different than a lot of music that we heard tonight. It, it's because it's electronic stuff, you know. But I'm playing guitar, and I'm trying to make sounds more than be. A great guitarist on it you know i'm just trying to uh make an atmosphere that fits in with the uh the sound of zoku metsu yeah well maybe part of it too is it's more of a collab and you're less uh the shot caller sure yeah well it's equal you know we equal it out and we we do it together i mean he's responsible for a lot of the, the programming and uh all the synth work and um he did the he did the mix but I did the mastering and I did the um, the crossfades between all the tracks. So I did some like post mixing, and we collaborated. He did the artwork, but I cl- helped collaborate with that. It's like I, I really, you know, at this stage of my life, I think collab collaboration is so much where it's at. If you work with absolutely other people, no, I totally agree with you. I've been doing buttloads. Well, you know, I, I saw. I, yeah, you know, you played with. Uh, you know, one of uh, my pals, I saw you had Brandon Seabrook on. He's one of my favorite guitar players, man. Well, yeah, I did. It was called Three Layer Cake. I just gave them uh, last month music for a second one. Yeah, with, with Mike Pride. Well, I, that's I think... what started. Mike Pride starts it, right? He was on the show, and I said, send me some drums. And I played to oh. it because the connect was Jack Wright. And I just finished reading oh. the free music, okay? So I said, you send me those drums, and I'll pretend you're in the room. And I'll right. just go for it like we were impro- improvising. Why not, man? It totally worked. Totally and then, worked. then I said, you pick a third layer for this cake. And he picked Brandon Seabrook. Ah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Mike is a great, Mike's a gr- another great guy. He used to actually live in this very neighborhood. He's in, now yeah, he's but he's in Chester, New York. 
by by Al Markolis. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you see how this works, man? That's yeah, fucking nuts. <laughs> It's totally crazy. Oh, man. So besides Zokumetsu, what next do you got planned since Collabs is where oh, it's at? Yeah, I, I've got a, a free improv project that's already mixed, mastered, ready to go. The label that we were going to put it out on, we're kind of waiting because there's some, like, personal issues with, with the label. Not, not, not bad vibes, but, you know, they're going through something. It's like a one-man label. and uh, But I have this improv project that i really like it's with me and a japanese singer and her name is um ayako kanda and we did this here at my studio my one room studio here that i have in uh in brooklyn where i'm talking to you from now and um it's i think it's really a great great recording i'm i'm really happy with it does this project have a name i'm sorry this project have a name it doesn't have a name. Right now, it's just me and uh, Ayako Kanda. Well, that sounds so, like a good name. <laughs> yeah, it's like a duet. And I think what we're going to do is, um, if if this label doesn't put it out, we'll shop it a bit, and then maybe we'll put it out ourselves. It's got to see the light of day. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, yeah I, we, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that the stuff that gets yeah. all into the vault, that's such a shame and stuff. Yeah, you got to release it, people. If you do stuff, put it out there. Let the freak flag fly. Ron, where can people find you on the internet? Wow. Um, they can find me. Um, I have my own website that I don't use so much anymore, but you yeah, can but let people, me. yeah, but you probably got leaks to other stuff there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's Ron Anderson hyphen molecules.com. Okay. I have, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. There's still, I'm still a little bit under 5,000 and then, um, I'm on Instagram and I'm on YouTube. Okay, and okay. I like your your site. You probably got uh, links to those other telephone corporate, yeah, exactly. corporate telephone poles exactly. where we hang our flyers. <laughs> we staple exactly. up our flyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, boy. It's been, look. It's, look. Uh, I'm really intrigued by this thing you got going with this thing. When you get this thing out, however you do it, will you come back on the show? And maybe I we could bring her on too with a conference call through Skype or something, and and talk that would about be, it. That would be totally awesome, man. Oh, thank you so much, Ron. It's a big honor to have you aboard. Can't wait till next time, people. It's been the June twenty sixth, twenty twenty one edition. Wap Pedro, she'll keep your powder dry.